Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. The Hitting the Turnbuckle Podcast. First come back. Give me a hell yeah. Good evening to me uh, and welcome to everybody to the Hitting the Turnbuckle Podcast for our special NWA edition. The gentleman joining me today is a part of the NWA but has had a stellar career prior to that. He is a, was a four-time tag team champion in the USWO with his trainer, Quinton Charisma, for a part of Hanging Tough, I believe. And a, <laughs> yeah. a three-time heavyweight champion in there. He's also been an NWA Southern Tag Team Champion with Drew Haskins as the Untouchables, an Australian heavyweight champion, which is interesting, and a television champion. And he's come on the show today to talk about his career, what he's up to, how he got into the business, and it's the afternoon, I think, or early evening over there. Uh, so welcome to the show, Jeremiah Plunkett. Welcome. <clears throat> oh, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's uh, it's about 3 p.m. my time, so uh, you know, just early afternoon. Uh, 9 o'clock in the evening our time. We've got Sal on Monday, and we're doing uh-huh. that at 11 p.m. UK time. So I'm probably going to be in my sleeping bag when we... When we... <laughs> <laughs> um, Sal will be wide awake. Sal doesn't sleep. It's weird. I, I also understand that he's got hair like me now. Uh, he does, and <laughs> I'm not sure that he knows how to uh, deal with it. Oh, maybe I can give him a few pointers on Monday. Um, <laughs> for starters, before we kick off, I, I must say a big thank you to Fiona Lochran, who uh, runs Inside the Ropes. Uh, she's actually doing uh, some running for a UK independent company called One Pro Wrestling uh, today and tomorrow, so she couldn't be on the show today. But without Fiona, this interview today probably wouldn't have happened. Sal probably wouldn't have happened on Monday. She's gone out to bat for us. She didn't have to do it, but we're so appreciative of her for doing this. And obviously, Jeremiah, we're appreciating of you for taking your time to come on the show today. So he's great. Love me. Great. Yeah, she's a tremendous. She was great on the show for us. And I've met her a few times inside the ropes previously before I come on the podcast. Yeah, she's fantastic. But let's talk about you. So initially, what got you into wrestling and who was you admiring growing up as a child? So I was always into wrestling, I guess. Um, it was always on, at least, uh, which is weird because none of my family was into it. <laughs> um, like, none of them. Uh, but uh, so I remember, like, my youngest memories, I remember being really into, like, Hogan and Warrior, like, all of them. But I wasn't a super fan. Like, it was just something that I kind of watched if I saw it. Yeah. Uh, I probably became a super fan around being 10 years old. And I don't know how it is in the UK. On Saturday mornings, that's when cartoons come on. Okay. Or used to, it doesn't anymore. But yeah. that's when they always came on. Well, around, I don't know, 11 in the morning, mm-hmm. cartoons to start to go off, right following cartoons would be wrestling. So that's where you would have like your WCW, uh, I think maybe it's worldwide. It's worldwide, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I believe. I, I may be wrong on that. I knew that WCW had a show that came on Saturday morning. Uh, WWF had a show. I think that might have been like Jacked or whatever it was called. Yeah. Metal, you know, one of their shows that had mm-hmm. like, the lower card stars just sure. beating guys you've never heard of. Yeah. Uh, but then here locally, I, I live in Tennessee in the States. Mm-hmm. We had the the last territory that was alive, which was Memphis wrestling, USWA, yes. whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, so about 10 years old, I remember flipping through this and it's studio wrestling, which is funny because that's what I do now. Yeah. Uh, and I'm like, this is different. Like there's no you know lights and pyro and all this, but it seemed gritty and more real. So I was really into it. And then, this is when Lawler yeah. um, was 
doing commentary at WWF. Yeah, sure. Uh, and he would come back just for the big towns periodically. So mm -hmm. they uh, Memphis was really big about music videos when people would come back in town. Yeah. And they played one for Jerry Lawler, and I still remember it to this day. I believe it was the King of the Mountain music video. Um, and he's throwing fire. And that blew my mind. I'd never seen someone throw a fireball in my life. Yeah. Uh, so I got really into wrestling, and I wanted to be a wrestler just to learn to throw fire. Because I, <laughs> I don't know why I thought it would be headlock, headlock takeover, yeah. drop down, throw a fireball. I don't know why I thought that would be wrestling <laughs> training, but I did. Um, so ever since then, like, <clears throat> I always wanted to do it backyard with my buddies. Mm -hmm. uh, and then when uh, football, American football, didn't work out for me past high school, uh, I followed wrestling. Cool. I say, give you an idea in the UK. So we re we obviously had the British wrestling scene. Um, mm -hmm. It used to be on World of Sport. It was a massive yes. thing before. I think I was I was born in eighty four. I know you're about thirty six. I think so. A couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So a couple of years younger than me. So yeah, we used to have World of Sport in the UK. Obviously, mm -hmm. Big Daddy. Um, we got Sky. I want. I mean, personally, I've got Sky. I want to say nineties, and it was oh, when we're in Warrior and Hogan main event in WrestleMania six. So yeah, 1990. Yeah, exactly right. I remember it was never, it was like, I just remember Warrior being in a suit and Hogan, it was really weird seeing Warrior face paint hair in this suit and Hogan, yeah. and they were doing like a little, uh, obviously like a press conference thing. Um, but we never really got it that well, like American style. Uh, and then obviously Sky Sports in the UK took on WWE initially. And then funny you should mention cartoons because WCW used to be on the Cartoon Network. So basically we had Cartoon Network. So <laughs> You remember, you remember, did we see Johnny Bravo program? Oh, yeah. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. So Johnny Bravo used to finish on a Friday because obviously we wouldn't get it live at this point. It was, we was always going to get it on delay. And Johnny Bravo used to finish at like seven and then, or eight in, in the cartoon network. It would then go off and TNT would come on and then it would be Nitro. And then generally I would switch, but because uh, Sky had Raw on the same time. So it was kind of like the Monday Night Wars, but on a Friday for us in the UK. That's kind of how it went, but now we get it all live, AEW. We don't get AEW live, only the um, pay-per-views from AEW, but we get Dynamite on a week, and obviously we can watch NWA on YouTube. There is a plug there for NWA. Yeah. Wanted to make sure I've got that in for you. <laughs> obviously, we mentioned one of your trainers, Quentin Charisma. When did that all get started for you? When did you start going to wrestling school, and how did you take that initial i would say shock because i went to a wrestling school i've mentioned this on the podcast before i went to a wrestling school uh i live in a place called essex in england which is just outside of london i went to a local school there for about a month and i soon realized very quickly it was never going to be for me i wasn't never going to be a wrestler um and it was a simple move that finished it which was a body slam and obviously you learn you know you learn the bumps and, and everything but it shocked me so much that i was just like no but what about you? <laughs> <laughs> um, so that, that's, man, things are so weird. So I, I started my training uh, in early 05. Yeah. Um, so while the internet was there, it wasn't mm. like, and maybe you could have, maybe I was just too stupid, but you couldn't just go wrestling schools and Google and you have a yeah. thousand pop up. Right. So I knew about OVW and I also knew how much OVW cost. And I was yeah, like, I don't cheap, know if I can afford that. No. <laughs> um, the power plant was gone because it was 05. Yeah. WCW was out. Shawn Michaels Wrestling School had closed down, I believe. So oh, right. I had no idea. I had no idea where to train. So I would go to independent shows 
And as guys were going to the ring, <laughs> and I would dress like way nicer than an independent crowd, at least here. Like they may dress way better over the UK, but here it's like, oh, yeah, it's like overalls and no shirts and stuff like that, oh, well. especially here, here in the South where I am. Okay. Um, so, you know, I'd like have a, a blazer and jeans and a nice shirt or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I'd definitely stand out. And as we're going to the ring, I'd just be like, as we're walking by, I'd just be like, hey, you train people to wrestle? And I'd get a weird <laughs> look every time. Yeah. Uh, but then finally, uh, we're going to one of these shows, a, a guy named Mean Mike Woods. Mm-hmm. Um, after he gave me a weird look, wrestled his match. After he came back, he said, stay after. Okay. Mm-hmm. This guy's either going to beat me up or uh, maybe he's going <laughs> to train me. We'll see. It's one of the two. And he made us wait. Like It was me, my, my best friend Chris, and my other real good friend Caleb. And we sat there for like an hour <laughs> after the show. Like it, The only people in the venue, I'm like, we might get murdered. And no, he... He had worked something out. He went down in the locker room. Um, his roommate, who's now one of my closest friends in the world, uh, buzzed up. And then another guy on the show named Lee Condry. Lee owned a ring, and Lee lived in the same town I, I lived in. We didn't know each other. Um, but he uh, he worked it out with them to where just wanted to get all the logistics worked out. Came up and goes, okay, we can start. This is how much it's going to be, blah, blah, blah. And three days a week. Yeah, it was Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Three days a week, we would go over to Lee's house, set up the ring in his yard, uh, and train. And then I became good buddies with Lee. And on those off days, he said, if you'll set up the ring, you can train as much as you want. So I'd go there on days we weren't already training, yeah. set up the ring myself usually, and train. Um, and, and I loved it. Quentin was a trainer later on. I had been in the business. Quentin was more, I guess he'd be more of a mentor than a trainer, even though he did throw, show me how to throw a drop kick. Uh, but he was, I was probably a year in and didn't know my, um, I don't know the language parameters on here. So my, uh, my behind from a hole in the ground. You're off yeah, there's, yeah. There you go. There you go. All right. Um, yeah. Had did not know anything. Like I could protect myself and take, take a couple bumps and that was it. Yeah. And someone put quentin with me as a manager at first he had had a car wreck and his mm. body wasn't doing too well so he's just managing and he taught me so much just from outside the ring or in the locker room going that was stupid this was stupid this was actually okay but this was bad and this was bad <laughs> um to the point where i hated him at first i thought he is an absolute prick <laughs> <laughs> but then i realized that he's teaching me stuff right because i try the stuff he said and I'd get a better reaction i'm like okay and as it went on Quit became my tag team partner, as you said, because he, he got back into working out and his body healed and everything. And he's like, well, I, I want to start wrestling again. He goes, but I'm older, he, he, which is funny because he was my age now <laughs> uh, when he was doing that. He's like, I'm older. He goes, I don't know if I want to do singles matches. Would you tag with me? I go, sure, whatever. And he taught me tag psychology. And I've loved, loved tag teams ever since. Uh, but yeah, so that's how, kind of how that came about is literally – yeah, just asking people. And as far as was there any shock value, I want to say yes and no. And I'll say no just because, like I said, I backyard wrestled. Mm-hmm. Um, my my dad was a carpenter. Okay. Went, would go to indie shows with me, and he built me a wooden ring, a little 14 by 14. Uh-huh. Oh, it was stiff. <laughs> so so the minute I got into a proper pro ring and took a bump, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this feels better than our ring. <laughs> yeah. So th- there was still some stuff like – we didn't know, like, we, we saw some stuff on Tough Enough, and we're like, oh, this is how they bump and stuff like that. But I do remember taking power bombs way out of order, by the way, way too early Yeah, to take power bombs. Uh, sometimes training would just be like, uh, let's try this. And I remember getting power bombed, and my head hit for the first time. Ouch. 
because you know we're taking tackles and stuff before that so i wasn't really worried but i took a big power bomb my head hit and i go this sucks (laughs) i felt this before in american football uh i think this is a concussion you know (laughs) and i i thought about then like almost then i was like uh we'll see you later and then i took it the next time and remembered to glue my chin to my chest and didn't happen again i was like okay i'm fine yeah but almost i after that first power bomb i was like well yeah. no i'll kill that i mean i say a simple body slam for me i mean we was doing you know just general bumps hip toss headlock takeovers you know that sort of stuff yeah. but it, it, the first one and, and again it, it may have just been me landing awkwardly or funny but it just i i kind of knew anyway but i wanted to keep going because sometimes it's one of those things that you just click to and then eventually <laughs> you know it works but um no not for me uh, it didn't work for me, unfortunately <laughs> but uh, you mentioned tag team you mentioned sort of learning the tag team aesthetics we had a tag team on for one of the the wrestling um companies that we we, we sponsor they're funny enough they're called they're a great team they're called beers and beatdowns what, what a great name for a tag team. I mean, I read it first, it was B&B, and I was like, well, B&B in England stands for bed and breakfast, like a hotel, you know? And I was yeah. just like, wow. But it was beers and beatdowns. And they were saying that it's all about the hot tag, you know, when they were, when they were, well, they were, is that exactly what you were being told as well? It's about the sort of the aesthetics of a tag is the hot tag. And did you have to, like, work on moves together? So, like, did you incorporate sort of moves that you do, but then Quentin put, come in to make it like a double team? Uh. So as far as far as working through the hot tag, 100 percent That's what yeah. any tag match is. That's <laughs> Al Snow laid this out the best way to me. He said, every match that's not just a regular singles match is a gimmick match. A tag match is a gimmick match. And the gimmick is that hot tag. That's what it's all building to. Um, so yeah, it's it is build the hot tag. Build the hot tag. There should be two loud two of the loudest reactions should be when the hot tag happens and when the finish happens. Yeah. That's how a tag match should be. Um, and I've always loved that psychology and there's so many more moving parts and things you can do. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I love tag wrestling. Um, and I, I'm sorry, was, Oh, the double teams, mm-hmm. uh, Quentin was very old school. So Quentin broke in r- like early, early nineties, like maybe yeah. 91. Okay. And so they were very much the whole, we're not practicing anything. Oh, okay. So it would be, we would talk about them mm-hmm. and we would hope our timing worked. But it didn't always. Uh, but no, uh, and I was so green as far as like stuff that I did. I didn't really have a move set. Yeah, you know what I mean. So Quentin would suggest something to me. I'd be like, "All right, we'll try it." <laughs> you know, whatever will happen. Um, but we worked pretty good together, and we didn't do a lot of tag tag stuff. I, but I remember I would always shoot like crazy. You know, he's doing like double flapjack. Or yeah. like you, I give him an inverted atomic drop, and he gives him like a belly splash or something like yeah. that. Because Quentin was a big heavy guy, and <laughs> and I'm like, hey, how about you hold him for a wheelbarrow, and I come off with a cutter, and he's like, what? <laughs> you know, so you could definitely tell the age difference there. Because yeah. I'm like, you know, maybe I'll go to the top and do this. He goes, no. <laughs> so he, he had to slow me down a lot. But no, yeah, I don't think we ever got in the the only thing we ever got in the ring and practiced was we got to a show way too early once. And nobody was there. So I wanted to throw a drop kick. And I said that in front of Quentin. I knew Quentin could throw an enziguri, but when I'm saying Quentin was big, Quentin was probably like 350. Mm-hmm. And he goes, oh, I can show you how to throw a drop kick. And I go, what? <laughs> you know, and at the time I was 225. I'm a bit heavier now, but, and he showed like Quentin was big on if it's something he couldn't athletically do. Yeah. He could break down the technique. And he's the one who taught me that if you have, if you're not a super athlete, you have to have really good technique. And if you have really good technique, you can look athletic. And I'm like, yeah. ah, it clicked in my head. 
you know, people, I'll do a freaking drop kick out occasionally now. And they're like, oh, I didn't know you could drop kick. I'm like, brother, I can't jump for anything, but I'll get you the job. <laughs> Brilliant. So before we move on, because we're going to mention uh, TNA gut check in a minute, but before okay. we move on, I always play games when I'm on this. I like, I, sure. I nicked, I've nicked a few games from, so this one in particular, um, I don't know if you've ever seen uh, Sean Oliver used to do kayfabe commentaries uh, and he's done a lot. Is it what's in the bag? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I was going to do it. I, I, I kind of took it from um, <laughs> the dick bag and dick bag thing. Yeah. But uh, obviously we can't necessarily do that. So it's, but he's done it a few times. It was word association and I can't okay. do it with, I think it was Cornet. Um, Jimmy Cornet. <laughs> I love Cornet. He's great. Uh, oh, same here. Same here. I mean, he's fantastic. I, I can't say that in front of when we had Russo on, but um, obviously, <laughs> yeah. But um, I, I love Cornet. I think he's great. But um, yeah, he done that, and I, I thought, oh, I like that. So I've got eight wrestlers I've named here, and we're going to throw it out to you first. I'm going to give you the name of a wrestler, and you just give me the first word, words, or sentence that comes into your head when okay. I say wrestling, and I'll follow it after with mine. Uh, the first one I've got here is Jerry Lawler. Funnily enough, <clears throat> I'm my idol. You know, I, I mean, that, that that was 100% my idol as soon as I turned 10 years old and I watched and I watched him there. I just knew he thought he was a ring announcer. As okay. soon as I watched him in U, in USWA and I'd go back and see the videos of him beating everybody in Memphis because yeah. they would cut, even if he lost the match, they would cut those music videos where it looked <laughs> like he beat everybody. Yeah. You know, they have Hogan bumping all around for him. And I'm like, ah, that doesn't <laughs> seem like that happened. It did at one point. Uh, but yeah, he's my my idol at one point. I actually just had a simple one, which was the King, because that's how I've, I've always known yeah, Jerry the King Lord. That was yeah, yeah. You know, by the time we'd got, we I'd never knew, I never knew about Memphis or anything like that until I started yeah. getting into wrestling and more of my teenage years when I could start looking back and yeah, yeah I, for, I remember Cornette telling a story when he nearly got shot, you know, <laughs> someone pulled a gummy gun on him. In a, he was with um, I want to say the Midnight. I think it was Midnight Express. I could see that hundred percent. Yeah, he was. Yeah, so, so, uh, the next one on my list was Dusty Rose. <clears throat> oh baby the dream okay, yeah, okay, monkey. Yeah. Uh, the dream is half of the reason that i spent many years wearing cowboy boots Love oh really yeah. oh, okay interesting i think stone cold was the, no not stone cold who was it someone who used to wear the cut off sleeves sort of and it might have been steve when he was wearing the 316 shirts i used to uh that got me into sleeveless tops there steve you go <laughs> kind of the same thing but with dusty i literally had the dream and i actually got a story i met um him and Cody at um, WrestleMania Access. I ah, forgive me. I think it might have been Texas, maybe in Houston at WrestleMania 25. And it was so great that you go through like the library of WWE and it shows you certain bits and pieces and you come to the end and they were on the table together. And it was just really nice. For me, it was just nice to, you know, meet Dusty Rose. Had a nice conversation with him and Cody. Obviously, Cody now is going on to amazing things. But yeah, it was just really great to, to see him. Um, third one on the list is Ric Flair. <clears throat> oh, Nate. Nate's the... The truest world champion of that time, I think. Yeah, I've got would be good at a party. <laughs> stories. Yeah, uh, you know, I've heard st stories different ways. Okay, I've heard, I've heard a lot of fun. I've heard quite the pain. So okay. I don't know. I've never partied. With I think him. Um, I would do it for the story. Yeah, <laughs> exactly that. Yeah, I think um, Bret Hart. Um, when he was over here, he was on actually inside the ropes. Funny enough, um, and he he told a story not about Ric Flair, but it was um, they were in a strip club. Uh, and um, they ended up all doing their finishes on Vince. So the Road Warriors <laughs> done theirs, and it was really bad. So Jim the Anvil hoisted him up, and Brett just took his head off with the heart attack. And then in the end, they went back to Ric Flair's hotel room, 
I was banging on the door and he wasn't in. And I think it was, I want to say, it may have been a referee or some or another or Finkel or Gene Oakland that was in there. And they all just piled in. He's in. He wasn't there, but it was just, they all just partied in there. It was Vince, Brett, Hogan, Anvil. And oh, there was loads of the other guys, but uh, yeah. I, I've heard the story about Vince taking finishers at a bar. I've heard, I've yeah. read that somewhere. I can't yeah. remember where, but I read it somewhere. Brett done it on a, as they Brett done it over here as inside the ropes. He's, he's a great Brett. You could, I could listen to Brett all day. Uh, he's when he yeah. was talking, he was great. Um, you might want to be careful on this one. I've got Billy Coogan. <laughs> Billy, Billy Corgan? Yeah, Billy Coogan. Yeah. Man, he's, <laughs> the boss <laughs> he, he's the guy who signs the checks yeah. um i don't know i'm still in this weird space to where he, uh this famous rock star hits me up on occasion <laughs> you know what i mean it's yeah, yeah. still weird and like my wife will will text me when she's at work and be like hey your boss is on the radio <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. it's still really weird to me it's crazy isn't it but uh, yeah. I've, got, I've got smashing pumpkins written down funny enough but that's because uh, yeah man, obviously um i got next one on the list was tyrus <laughs> you, you know man I, he gets a lot of hate online so i'm, I'm gonna say okay. heat seeker for that reason okay but dude i hope this doesn't kill his gimmick but i don't know if it, there may be one other person who's no two there's two other people who've been as cool to me as tyrus has since i joined okay so mm -hmm. I, I treat people how they treat me, man. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Never been nothing but gold to me. I, I've just got Funkasaurus down because that's how <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, man, I, I do. I will say this: I do remember when they were bringing him in. Mm -hmm. I remember they did all these crazy, like vicious-looking hype packages for him. Yeah, and like I remember seeing him on some independents, and I was like, "Oh, this is going to be awesome." Yeah. And then he came out doing that. I'm like, what was all this build? Yeah, I know it's really bad because he's. I mean, I think he's. I think he's more talented than what sometimes. Well, they've said definitely more than what WWE showed him. You know, as he was because he was more of a comedy character, wasn't he? As a yeah, yeah. Funk. So I always say there's a lot of them like that out there that are just uber talented. But I mean, I think one of them I've got written down was Chad Gable in terms of. I think at the moment, if you watch WWE, there's a, Chad Gable is literally Kurt Angle. But he's mm -hmm. in the tag team of a he's like a comedy tag team. But if you yeah. had him, yeah, literally would have put him in a ring with like an angle. I had him down as literally Kurt Angle double in terms of how great he is. But we don't get to see it. Yeah, look at Angle's early run. How much of that was comedy? Yeah, he, he was he was the white meat howdy doody yeah. all American who was a nerd exactly, but could tear everybody apart. Yeah, and Gable's the same, I think. I mean, he, he done a, I think he done WrestleMania, he done a, a role in German on like Braun Strowman. Yeah. It was like, oh, the, you know what I mean? As soon as I saw that, I go, Chaos Theory, where's Doug Williams at? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, Doug Williams, the man. See, a great Brit. Want to get yes. him on here one day. Uh, he knows Fiona as well. So hopefully I'll get a word in. Yeah. yeah. I'd love to get Doug on here. He's, he's a great guy. Um, I've got the you know, next one was actually Hulk Hogan. <clears throat> Dude, the, the biggest star ever in wrestling. 100%. Yeah, I don't think there's any. I don't think there's any doubt with that. I think him and Austin, you know, in terms yeah, they they could different eras, and they could yeah. probably argue over who was bigger. But like, yeah. I don't know, man. It's hard. It's hard to say. Yeah, exactly. I've got um. I actually got. I actually wrote down Voodoo Child because I love the uh ah. the song. I thought it was it was fantastic, and the NWO the, was great. But the NWO theme was rad, but Voodoo Child was something else. I loved it. I thought it was great. Mm -hmm. Um, interesting one next because another one. He's another one I want to get on here. Uh, Shane Douglas. <clears throat> I've never met him. 
No, I, I, I've never met him, but the effing franchise. Cussing. Maybe I should say cussing for Shane. I've got like, <laughs> I've really put like that. Maybe controversial. I'll put underutilized because I always thought that, like, you know, obviously ECW, he was great. Obviously, he was the first one that changed from, you know, to when he put the title in the bin. And he had a great run there. Yeah. And I don't think that even WCW, although he had a decent run, but I don't think they ever really got to the true potential of what he had. And nor WWE just, you know, ruined him really in a lot of ways. And I just think he's, You've got so much talent there that yes, he's just not. Yeah, Shane, Shane was always an excellent wrestler. Like, yeah, um, even when he was in that, you know, that tag team with Johnny Ace, you know, uh, it was oh, it was rough, but he called? was always so good. What was that team called? Oh, uh, Dynamic Dudes. Dynamic. I said yes. I yeah, remember yeah. Cornette saying about it. Yeah, Dynamic yeah. Like he he was always so good, but just. Everyone wanted something different from him. At yeah. first, he was just the generic white meat baby face. Yeah. You know, and then he was a, a teacher. Yeah. And, and, but, and then like WCW tried to do his ECW stuff. Just didn't work. But they had to water it down. Yeah. And they weren't going to put him the, to be the franchise. You have to be at the top of the. You do. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You can't be the franchise at mid card. It doesn't make no. any sense. It doesn't work. So, it definitely doesn't work. No, I feel he's underutilized personally. Uh, last one on the list is Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> Man, there's nobody better at making money than old Double J. Yeah. I, lo- I love me some Double J. Yeah, he's great. I've always I'm... liked Double J. I like long hair, goofy Double J. I like short head. Don't short hair. Don't piss me off, Double J. Yeah. I've always liked Double J. Maybe I'm in the minority. I see a, a lot of hate he gets online. But dude was at SummerSlam. Dude was at Flair's last match. Yeah. Dude's at AEW now. This is in the same year. Yeah. He's everywhere. He is. I've got guitar down just because he loves smashing people over the head with a guitar. Yeah, baby. I've, I've taken it two or three times. Oh, how is it? <laughs> uh, the two from Jeff were fine. Um, <laughs> Jeff, Jeff got me this deal. Uh, we did a thing at. Uh, we have a minor league baseball team here okay. in Tennessee, the, Na- the National Sounds. Mm-hmm. And he goes, hey, would you like to do something at the se- uh, se- uh, uh, seventh inning stretch? Okay. Uh, he goes, I'm like the guest of honor or whatever. Mm-hmm. I go, okay. I thought I was going to be taking a guitar shot from him. And I'm like, all right. So I'm dressed up as like the opposing team's manager. Yeah. And like, you know, he comes out and I get in his face. No, no. The mascot hits me. <laughs> no. And he blasted me. And it wasn't flush. You know, Jeff has done it a time or two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he kind of hit me up a time. It split me open. I was like, oh my yay. God. Fantastic. <laughs> Unbelievable. That is my- but uh, but this- no, Jeff has had me do some cool stuff, man. I love Jeff. Yeah. Jeff, he always, he's always, I've always, again, another one I think in some cases was very underutilized in, in some yes. cases, for sure. Um, move on. TNA gut check. I've always been interested because obviously that was their version of Tough Enough in a lot of ways. So that was what mm-hmm. they were trying to do. Talk us through the experience there. I'm, I'm interested about this. How did that all come about? What was it like being there? And basically what happened? <laughs> so I, I wish that I could give you this. It's cool. Like I, I was on TV, but I bet if you Googled it, I'm not. And here's why. <laughs> they also did their gut checks at their live events. Okay. And, and that was more of a a tryout thing. <laughs> and it would be a mixture of people who were offered to come down people who paid to come down mm-hmm. um so ours was in gainesville georgia mm-hmm. there were 36 people there um which was insane i, <laughs> I thought we weren't even going to get in the ring ever uh <laughs> let's see who was who did our, oh I, duh our gut check was done by uh pat kenny simon diamond yep, yep. um and brian heaven were the guys who were kind of like leading our gut check 
Yeah. Uh, and it went pretty well. It went decent. I got, uh, let's see, they were four or five matches chosen. So, dude, kind of like, you know, do a couple different little spots, cut a promo in the ring, blah, blah, blah. And then whoever they liked, they would select for a match. Yeah. And so they had like five out of five matches out of the 36 people. So not everyone got one. I was lucky enough to get one. It went okay. Uh, we had a manager in ours and the spot kind of got messed up, whatever. Okay. Uh, but it, there, so there was nothing that ever came on paper, but they did no. this when they had a working relationship with OVW. Mm-hmm. Um, and Pat goes, so you're, where are you located? I said, Nashville, right outside Nashville. Um, and he said, well, Louisville's a couple hour drive. I'm going to send Al Snow your name, uh, get in contact with Al Snow. So I, there was, it was never like, there were some people there who was under like developmental contract. Yep. Uh, that was not me. I was just kind mm-hmm. of, uh, see what happens. Go down there. We watch the tapes. Now, I don't know if TNA ever really watched the tapes. Okay. But, yeah, yeah. But I, so I went down there and did about eight to 10 months at OVW until mm-hmm. uh, TNA severed their yes. ties with it. Yeah. And at that point, I was like, all right, um, back to something else then, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So we've, 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 we've uh, Impact nowadays, we were obviously were talking to Santino yesterday, and it's really good going about its business very quietly, but very effectively at the minute. And what we mm-hmm. what we see in the UK, like we've had they, they've had like five uh, sold out events recently. I think the last five pay per views may have been sold out or something like that. And the talent pool there is amazing. And again, Santino was telling them we was I've been watching it myself. But yeah, interesting. I always always liked tough enough. I always thought it was a good in, like a pretty good insight as to you know what they needed. To, I remember it was Holly Hardcore Bob Holly stiffing. I think it was Matt Capaldi. I think it was. In the yeah, Mac, yeah, yeah, just stomped the crap out of Matt oh, Capitelli. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Matt Capitelli. Sorry, yes, that was his yeah, name. yeah. Before we move on to NWA, we'll do one more game, which is shot clock. Um, I haven't got a shot clock, I don't do that. I've nicked it off Steve Austin. He can sue me if he wants it. You're gonna get a lot of money. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, again, eight questions. I can kind of play along, but I can't in some in some of them I can't, but I can probably give a description of something. So the first one on there is what would be your dream match if you could have anybody? Is this living or dead? Eva. <clears throat> Harley. Harley Rice. Harley Race, man. I don't know what it is about Harley. I just love Harley Race. Okay. Um, I can't obviously say what my dream match would be, but I can say the, the match, the best match I've ever seen I was in, in a house show in the UK. So it was Kurt Angle versus The Undertaker. And people say, well, that's obviously going to be a good match. Um, but I'm not sure. They had a match at No Way Out. Uh, and I can't remember if this was post or pre-WrestleMania, but they come over... And it was in Ells Court, I think, or the XL Arena in London. And they had a 45-minute main event. It was like, where was ankle lock? Uh, uh, you know, it was, and I just remember vividly to this day, there is nothing. I've been, obviously, I've seen Taker Michaels, the, the whole story between them two. I've seen all of those live. Uh, you know, Triple H, Undertaker, I've seen, uh, God, loads of matches I've seen live at Angle Michaels at WrestleMania. Um, but that one wasn't even televised, but it was just, I, I'm still, to this day, blown away by it. Okay. Um, if you could perform at any arena in America, what would it be? Where? Or is there a particular arena that you would like to perform in? <laughs> yes, and sadly, it's uh, it's not holding events any longer, but the Mid-South Coliseum, Memphis, Tennessee. Oh, yeah. Okay. I think, uh, Cornet, I think I've heard Cornette mention that a couple of times. But yeah, I get it. Yeah. Um, favorite arena I've been to in the States uh, wasn't to see wrestling, but it was Madison Square Garden. Uh, I went as part when I went to New York on holiday. It was, it was there. So... Who's got the best entrance music in wrestling? <clears throat> oh God! <laughs> it stumps everybody. Is, it, is this a current? Is this current? It can be or... anything. Anyone? Anyone? <laughs> oh geez, that is hard. 
Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's got to be Austin. Austin. Because, like, even this, the minute the glass breaks, yeah. like, you still get tingles. Yeah. You know what I mean? I've, um, I, I would definitely say, I mean, I mean, Triple H has got a good theme, but in terms of like, um, the one that I guess I said, I say this every time on the podcast was The Undertaker. And I swear to God that, they turn the aircon off in that arena because you do feel cold until that that dong goes off, the, the the darkness hits the arena, you hear the thunder, and I swear to God, I don't know, maybe they don't. It's just you just you're in that moment, I suppose, maybe, and because you do get those, you know, you get the goosebumps, and, you, and it's only until his fire starts coming up that he starts yeah. to get hot. But I don't know if it's, it's again maybe just in that moment or not. So, so I never got to see that Undertaker. Okay. Oh, okay. I only I. The one time I saw Undertaker live was, I forgot what the, the pay-per-view was, but it's him versus Hogan in the main. Judgment Day. Yeah, and he was Biker Undertaker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so I and I yeah. didn't even get, I didn't get Roland. I didn't get American Badass. This oh, was um, Dead Man Walking. Oh, you're going to play. Yeah, you're going to yeah. play. Yeah. yeah, oh, man, you haven't experienced so, it. Which, which is underrated. A lot of people hate oh, yeah. it. I thought that song was pretty cool, Decent. but I, like. I didn't get that whole aura from oh, Undertaker. Shocking. Um, Live, anyway. Anyway, um, you may have answered this because you've done it in training, but what's the worst bump you've taken? <laughs> that, that wasn't my worst I, I've ever taken. Okay. Um, the, the worst I took that ended up putting me out for eight months Ouch. was uh, I was wrestling Drew Haskins. We had broke up, yeah. and he was giving me a DDT on the apron. Mm. And normally it's fine. Just go flat, yeah. whatever, you know. Been while we do it all the time. Uh, I tried to get cute and spike, and I put this arm down to brace myself, and it shot my shoulder out. And I've, I've had my shoulder dislocated a lot before, so yeah. I was like, "All right, whatever." And I popped it back in. Well, I don't know if it's popping it back in or when it came out. Uh, it tore my labrum, seventy-five percent of it, and ripped my bicep tendon off. Jeez. I wrestled for two months after that, just thinking it was sore from being dislocated. Mm -hmm. And one day, I, I did a move, and you know, wrestlers try to make sound every now and then so I, I may have made some sound and pain just shot into my fingertips from my shoulder and i was like i'm gonna have to go to the doctor aren't i because <laughs> like i i totally redid my whole style where i never had yeah. to lift this arm over here and i wasn't picking up anybody anymore like i was just trying to make it let it heal yeah. and it wasn't going to after i got checked out they're like yeah no this would be this way permanently and i'm like oh yeah let's fix it gosh Jesus, that's the worst one I've ever heard of when I've asked that question. Uh, you and you may, um, next one was uh, favorite burger joint in uh, maybe Tennessee or anywhere in America. Favorite, uh, we, we've got a spot here local. Um, it's called Jack Brown's. They've got a couple throughout Tennessee. Okay. And they make their burgers with Wagyu beef. Yes. Yeah. I've got Wagyu like beef. I, it, I, don't, I don't know if it's pure Wagyu beef or if it's a mixture they use. Yeah. And they also do like different stuff on it. But like those burgers are so good. <laughs> it, it's not it's not a big place. It's not a fancy place. It's not anything like that. It's a little dive bar that just has yeah. some of the best juiciest burgers I've ever had. Uh, interesting. I, I can't. I mean, in in America, uh, I don't know. Uh, Water burger, maybe. What burger? Is it called Water burger? We yeah. we, just, we just got the first one in uh, in Tennessee not that long ago. Oh, okay. And my wife waited in like an hour line for it. <laughs> I ate it, and I'm like, this is a normal fast food burger. It's a good fast food burger, but it to me, it wasn't. I would not wait an hour for it. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. Um, you, I think you've actually answered this question. Do you prefer single or tag? But I think you've already kind of given that. As a, um, it, it just kind of depends if I have a partner that I really, yeah. really gel with. I love tag wrestling. I love the stories that can be told. Yeah. Uh, if I don't, I like being in control. So I want to be in a singles match. There you go. 
Um, who's the best river you've come across? Or practical joker? Oh gosh. Man, Quentin was Clint Quentin was pretty good. He wouldn't do a lot of ribs as far as moving stuff or messing with stuff. He would just tell you something was true and let you believe it for far too long <laughs> until you did something stupid. Um I'll, I'll take the Quentin was really good as far as physical ribs. Uh, there, there was a guy when I first broke in, an old vet named Rick Reynolds. Mm-hmm. Um, he worked like in the tail end of the Jarrett's, yep. as one of the one of the mass guys and stuff like that. But he, uh, on our first road trip, he ribbed me, and I mean I'm six months in, so I don't know yep. what a rib is. I think Rick <laughs> hates me. Yeah. Um, and he just ribbed me. The is to Chicago, so it's like a six seven hour drive. Mm-hmm. He ribbed me the entire way there. <laughs> it's fine with me while we're there and yeah. the entire way back. <laughs> uh, the entire way there, he insists I sit up front. My trainer's sitting in the back laughing, and he's just, like, putting his hand on my leg. You know, just a little <laughs> simple stuff like that. And I'm like, I don't know what to say. And then we had a, we had an agreement. This is silly. That I guess it took, like, three gas loads to go there and back. Yep. So we'll just each get a gas load. Cool. Mm-hmm. Why well, go to pay for the first one? Now I got this one. Okay, cool. And as soon as I got in the car, oh man, you can't too good to pay gas. <laughs> Next one, I'll get this one. No, man, I got this one. Okay, cool. Oh, he's too good to be pay gas. Look at this greenhorn. <laughs> By the time we hit the last one, I shove them out of the way and stick my card in, <laughs> and they're just dying laughing. Yeah, oh, brilliant. Well, there you go. There's the ribs. Yeah. So the last thing before we finish up, um, let's talk a bit about NWA. And then if you can, after we finish NWA, if you can tell everyone where you are on socials and your appearances coming up. So how did NWA happen? When did it start? And then go into your socials and your appearances you've got coming up. Okay, so um, NWA, I got hit up the first time for them. Well, in the end of 2019, actually, I had done some work behind the scenes for one of their pay-per-view and tapings. Um, yeah. My, my buddy was the guy who provided the ring and uh, my students actually provided most of the, like the uh, security and backstage help. So yeah. they got, they, they got me in the help. So I did that. Then COVID happened. The world shut down. Um, and I thought wrestling was done. Oh, really? Was yeah. Be- and I, I had a neck injury prior to that, had just recovered from that, had two matches, then COVID happened. And I was like, I, and you know, they're telling us we can never be around each other and all that stuff. So I'm like, Wrestling's a live event business. It's done. Yeah. Um, and so I'm, I'm helping a buddy out at his training school, but I'm, I mean, the boots are literally in the closet. Like they're not even mm-hmm. where my other clothes are. And I got a call from a New Jersey area code, and I don't know anybody in New Jersey, so I ignored it. <laughs> um, go back in, run a couple drills, hear my phone go off again, roll outside. It's a text message from that same number. Hey, this is Pat Kenny. I'm the executive producer for NWA. I want to talk to you about working. And I'm like, oh, God, ran outside. <laughs> uh, hey, man, what are you doing? Why didn't you answer? Oh, I'm at a wrestling school, uh, you know, helping a buddy train. Well, good. Get some reps because I want to use you for uh, for TV and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, so the boots came out of the closet. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it's been ever since then. I think it was, I think it was April of 21. So I guess this would be two years. Yeah, two years, yeah. Yeah, just past two years. Um, it's been a, a, a wild ride. <laughs> it yeah. really has. Because I legit was, I'm done. I just got married too. And yeah. I was like, eh, I guess if I'm going to give it up, it's a good time right now. Good time. Yeah. <laughs> and then, I don't know, fate intervened. What's the, 
oh, what's the, is it, is it the Godfather? Or it's a, every time I try to get out, they pull me back in. Yeah. 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 I felt it. like that, but it's been the best, best run of that. So right. can't complain. And long may it continue as well. Uh, fingers crossed long fingers. my body holds out. Exactly. So oh, before good. we talk about Jeremiah, can you just let them know where you are on socials, where can fans go of you and where, when you're next on NWA or your next appearances? <clears throat> Sure. Um, I don't know when this is going to drop. I will actually be on NWA USA tomorrow, which is the twenty second. It could drop. Uh, it could drop before then. Yeah, it may do. Yeah, have, if it does drop YouTube, be- before then, maybe, yeah, maybe. Not, hey, it's on YouTube. It's there forever. There you so go. <laughs> go back and watch it. Um, so I'll be on NWA USA, but you can always catch me on NWA Power, NWA USA. Um, and then as far as where I'm at on social media, man, uh, on Twitter, Instagram. And I got a Facebook fan page. It's all under Plunkitis. Mm-hmm. Um, you can thank the deal machine there, Danny Deals, for that <laughs> name. He called it to me once, and he's been calling call me that ever since. And I made it my social media handle. Um, but at Plunkitis on everything, I'm not the best social media person. I try. Yeah. I, I really try, but <laughs> it's a quagmire sometimes. So sometimes yeah. I might go a few days without being on there. To be honest, like we, we're just restarting our, um, we're going to change our Instagram, I think. And I've said to my girlfriend, like, can you do that? Because I'm, I'm just not, a, you know, I, I can do the Twitter. I can do the Facebook. You can schedule posts on Facebook on, on our page. So it's, you know, great. I can just do all that. And it's, but yeah, I'm not there. Not the best guy on socials either, but uh, I try. But um, thanks for that. No, thanks. And everyone, you just heard it. If if we get this uploaded, I'll have to talk to our YouTube guy and say, get it on tonight, please. Because uh, obviously you're going to be on air. Well, tomorrow for us is in three, two, three hours. Um, so oh, there we go. <laughs> yeah. Um, so from our point of view, so hitting the turnbuckle, uh, you obviously get us at HTT Buckle. I don't need to forget that on uh, on Twitter. Uh, we're on Facebook. Uh, we're on YouTube at the Hitting the Turnbuckle podcast. All one word. This will be uploaded. Okay. So some sponsor shout outs now. We've already mentioned them today. Beers and Beatdowns, uh, our tag team sponsor. We're doing some um, merchandising with them coming up in the next few months. They're, going to do some artwork and we're going to have our logo on that so we're looking forward to them uh shout out to the brewskis uh, and get the brewskis in um pro wrestling carnage which is uh, a pro wrestling company in wales that we sponsor uh beers and beatdowns are regulars on there they've got a show coming up the coronation of the king fun enough because king charles over here is being coronated uh, ah. there you go so they've got a great that's the week so that's, that's on the sunday uh ignite pro wrestling is our uh, one of our platinum sponsors so they've got uh the bitter end is coming up on the 30th of uh, april i will be there because we are going to be announcing the show that the hit in the turnbuckle is co-producing with ignite pro wrestling called buckle up on the 23rd of july there is going to be a major announcement on that show which will continue our partnership you'll get the uh the scoop off air jeremiah i, I won't can't say that on it but you'll get it off air um, so we're going to be, I'll be there on the 30th uh, to meet up with the guys there. We're going to do some promotional work. So I can't wait for that. Jurassic Pro Wrestling is another one. This is near me in Essex. Uh, I went to see their their last show, which was really, really good. Um, they've got Primal Instincts, which is the next one in June, on June the 4th. And I'll be there again. So come and say hello to me and the team uh, over there. Got a, they call it a Fatal Claw Way main event because it's Jurassic ah, Dynasty. and it's for the Lost World Championship the Lost World Jurassic Park great great little thing they've done um, so that's nice. going to be defended in a fatal four-way match um, our wrestling sponsor Corey McRae I think he's still maybe in Austria um, doing his thing so we sponsor Corey McRae we're doing some more of him bits and pieces later on as well 
We're also sponsoring a amateur darts player who's going to try and get into the British or the professional darts uh, industry. Pat, Matt Cast. Um, good luck to him. He's got some tournaments coming up. The Windmill Challenge at the end of May. I think I've covered it all off with that. I will take a breath. Um, but uh, Jeremiah, thank you so much for taking your time today to come on. It's been fascinating talking stuff with you and, and your career. And, and the, the, we wish you the very best of luck uh, going forward in the NWA and, and, and beyond. And hopefully we'll uh, everyone will check out NWA this week, right? Yes, sir. Exactly. Right, let's do it. So, guys, we are back on Sunday. I've got to do some guest runs out quick now. So, Sunday, me and Andy will be back because he won't be delivering beer to the nation. We're going to be doing covering off AEW and SmackDown on Sunday. We have a professional... On Monday, we got Sal and Fiona joining us. So, Sal, we're going to give some uh, grooming tips to with his hair. Uh, And the lovely Fiona, fresh from her one pro wrestling uh, stint, uh, will be joining us as well. That's going to be a late one, 11 o'clock over here in the UK. On Wednesday, we've got another darting crossover. I'm going to be a bit of a fanboy on Wednesday. Uh, we've got a dart player called Paul Nicholson coming on, who actually done the CM Punk entrance against uh, what the best dart player in the world at the time, which is Phil Taylor, and beat him using an any car promo afterwards. It was really great. You can search that on Google, if you, if you will, YouTube. It's on there. Uh, so I'm going to be a fanboy um, on that one. And who have we got Wednesday? Oh, my God. We have got loads of guests coming up. I, uh, I have to throw that off on Wednesday. We have. I will just check, actually, because I can take my meetings. Um, so we've got Paul Nicholson Wednesday. Sorry, so that's Wednesday. we got Paul Nicholson. And on Thursday, we have, oh, yes, our good friend Aiden English or Matt Wild, whatever his name is. I can't pronounce that last name. I'm going to have to get it. Rusev Day is us uh, on, on Thursday of next week. The week after, we have uh, Flash Morgan Webster from uh, NXT UK. And on the 11th of May, we talk to the professor of professional wrestling, Bobby Fish, who will be joining us live on the Hit and Turnbuckle podcast. Jeremiah, again, thank you so much for joining us. Everybody have a great evening, morning, afternoon, wherever you are. And we will be back on Sunday. Goodbye. Hey, everybody, thank you for checking out the Hit in the Turnbuckle podcast. Make sure you go and check us out on all social media. Twitter, you can find us at HTTBuckle. Facebook, just search the Hit in the Turnbuckle podcast.